welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on internet land and socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Hey, how are you? Brett, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for making the time. I see a couple of guitars in the background there. Yeah, yeah. Are you a musician? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, no, but I, <laughs> I'm, an Short asp- answer. I'm an aspiring musician. Oh, I'll there you go. That way. <laughs> I love my, it, I love it. My son actually can play really well. I can collect guitars really well and I'm fumbling around the instrument not enough to call myself a musician. Yeah, that's okay. That's your contribution. You can be a yeah. collector of guitars. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want to be the guy that can play the guitar too, so I'm working yeah. on it. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. I was actually in a punk ska band for many years. I was the lead singer, but I learned how to play a tiny bit just so I could write songs, but I still fumble my way through. Uh, yeah. It's a lifelong journey. But yeah. are you in Ohio right now? I am. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Columbus, right? Yes. Very cool. Mm -hmm. I've never been. For anybody listening, we are here with Brett Kaufman. I'm just going to go into your resume here. Brett is the CEO of Kaufman Development, the founder of Gravity. You've earned the titles of Developer and Entrepreneur of the Year by the Building Industry Association and Ernst & Young, I believe twice, correct? I think that's correct. <laughs> I think so. Okay. You, you've lost count. You're also the uh, host of the Gravity Podcast, which we're going to get into. You're an investor. You're a speaker. Would you consider yourself a coach, a healer, all these things? Uh, I don't know about healer, trying to heal myself and maybe help other people along the way. But yeah, you know, coach, friend, mentor, those things, you know, have sort of come into my life and um, uh, acting in those capacities at various times. Yes. Well, I love it. It's funny because in my research, I was like, okay, he's done all these great things. This is amazing. And then I started getting into the uh, the mental health aspect and the healing aspect of it. And I was like, man, I could just throw away my notes and we could have a whole hour session just on this because I'm also a, a person who's dealt with um, some trauma and, and going through my own chronic pain journey right now and, and doing a deep dive into that. So maybe we'll get into that later, but mm-hmm. I want to start at the beginning uh, with your origin story, as we always do. Take us through, I don't know, as much as you want, as early as you want. What got you to the point of where you are and getting into, you know, being a developer, being interested in healing, being interested in art, just take and run with it. Okay. Yeah, sure. And you won't offend me if you throw out the notes and take it anywhere you want to go. You know, awesome. those are sort of the conversations that I probably find to be most valuable uh, and enjoyable. But um, I agree. You know, the the kind of very uh, short version of the story, you know, you asked a lot there. And I will say that, you know, the way that I, I kind of 
frame it all is it's, you know, all sort of been happening as it was meant to be from the very beginning. And there's these data points along the way that I can look back in hindsight and, you know, connect dots that make me feel very grounded in that belief. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't always clear to me and it was hard. You know, at times I grew up in a family where um, at a young age, it was sort of a chaotic household. There was addiction, there was abuse. Uh, My parents got divorced when I was 10. You know, my father Mm -hmm. was an alcoholic and addict. And it was, it was, you know, in hindsight, very, very difficult times that sent me on a path to really act out in a lot of ways, you know, partying and rebelling and, you know, trying to find myself and express myself and, and not doing well in the ways that, you know, you're supposed to as a kid performing academically or, you know, following the rules, staying out of trouble, you know, doing all the things. I really wasn't doing any of those things. And, you know, there was some energy in that. There was some, there was some, something there. It wasn't all bad. You know, there was some self-expression, some rebellion, some discovery that uh, was also, you know, a part of my truth, who I really was and, and what I was really trying to find. And art was a part of that. You know, I was raised sort of in this frame of being, you know, kind of a, a traditional man, boy, and my part of Ohio and my family, that meant um, athletics, that meant sort of looking good, being a certain way, you know, Mm -hmm. eventually that meant doing well in school, success, business. I mean, this is the conditioning I had, right? Mm -hmm. And I stumbled into the art room in high school and, and, you know, found kind of a whole new world I didn't know existed. And I liked it. You know, it was people that were unlike the people I've been hanging out with, they were listening to music that that I hadn't heard before. They were funny and creative and connected. And there was an energy that just felt very alive to me. And yeah. And so, you know, I became friends with, you know, um, people in that world. We partied together. We, you know, started to explore mind altering substances that, you know, (laughs) did start to open up some new doors. Um, although, you know, very unsafe and, and many times pretty traumatic, but, uh, shifting nonetheless. And, you know, that all really led me down a path that ultimately I wasn't strong enough to really lean into my conditioning, you know, kind of hop back in the driver's seat. And, you know, when I graduated from college, rather than explore the arts, um, psychology was an interest of mine, architecture, you know, I had studied design, I, I there was something there that I just didn't have the courage to pursue. So I instead kind of hopped into a traditional corporate world, went into banking, Mm -hmm. um, eventually got into real estate, worked for a production developer for a very long time and was quite miserable doing all of that. And eventually, you know, that's what led me to start in Kaufman Development. And um, yeah, I'll pause there. I can talk more about, you know, what we've been doing since then, but want to pause and let you respond to any of that. Yeah, there's so much. I didn't want to interrupt you at all, but I, I, I completely understand. And it sounds familiar in many ways. 
you know, I also had a lot of coping strategies. A lot of that was alcohol and some uh, mind altering substances as well. But it was one of those things where for me, I felt like, ah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. This is a little patchwork that works for me. I'm, I'm still pursuing my art. I'm very focused. And then it just, one day it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I'm, I'm not okay. And everything, the wheels started to fall off a little bit. So that was kind of an aha moment for me. And it sounds like you maybe had a few of those in there. I'm interested in when did it connect? What helped you connect to your purpose now? Was it just a, a slow process? Was it an organic process? Or was it just like an aha moment all, all of a sudden? Yeah, I, I would say that it was very slow and very organic, but there were a few things that all happened within a short amount of time that that I can really point to that did give me some clarity. Mm -hmm. um, I found a coach, a life coach. And, and at the time, this is back in 2000 and I don't know, eight or nine. I didn't really know what that meant, but there was this guy that, you know, appeared in my in a, in a peer group that I was in, somebody mm -hmm. brought him in and we did a half day session with him, and the whole group hated him. And, and I loved the guy <laughs> and thought I need to work with you. I don't really know what you do, but I need to work with you. And, and that was a big thing. I also, I went to the landmark forum. If you're familiar with landmark that happened around the same time. And then I was a part of something called summit series. I don't know if you're familiar with the summit guys, but, um, that was, a little um, bit. Yeah, I went to one of their events back in 2009, I think it was. And, you know, the three things really combined got me to realize a few things. One, that I really could create anything I wanted to, that my past did not have to inform my future. Yes. That it really didn't have much to do with me at all at this point, unless I let it. And I really got that. I really got through the coach that I could combine things that I loved into my work, that my mm -hmm. work and my loves did not have to be separate. Yes. And then when I went to summit series, I saw a whole world of like entrepreneurs and people that were uh, philanthropists that actually we're trying to do innovative, creative things that were good for the world. Mm -hmm. And um, and I and I thought, you know, that's me. That's what I want to do. And so it was really those three things that got me to really start to wake up and choose consciously to live and create in a way that felt more aligned with who I actually was. Yes. Well. It's interesting because what you're doing now, and, and we're going to get into you know the, the development and, and the gravity projects and all that, but what I see now with you doing that in these conscious communities and, and even incorporating art is it's a form of creativity. It's, it's not the same as, as maybe painting on a canvas or sculpting, but it's similar. And I'm always talking about using whatever we've dealt with in life and transmuting that into our art. And, and therefore, it becomes a cathartic process. Did you find any of that with the development projects uh, that it was a cathartic process or that you felt like you were honoring your past? I know you're saying your past doesn't equal your future, but also the past, once you embrace it, it can help you to define yourself a little bit and then use it to move forward and, and transmute those feelings. 
Yeah, I, I think so. You know, part of what I did when I started Kaufman Development was I did look backwards and see, you know, what parts I wanted to bring forward. Mm-hmm. So there was that part of me that did love to build that love the process of creating things, that love the design and the architecture. And then there was this part of me that I wasn't really honoring, which was about service and mm-hmm. um, connectivity and collaboration and creativity and and the arts and wellness and, and all kinds of things I thought were outside. And they were really the traditional real estate development pro forma world. So Definitely. yeah, very much, you know, um, let the even the conditioning that you know I've shed to some extent, you know, maybe in large part, you know, I let that work for me too. You know, mm-hmm. okay, so you know, I wanted to, uh, I was, I was told I ought to be successful, make money, uh, have a good reputation. Okay, fine, I did do that, and that's not such a bad thing. You no, know, it's not. Right. I would, I would actually argue that you can't really help other people until you've helped yourself first. And to have the impact that you've had, that sometimes means even being successful from a monetary standpoint. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's it's all been, you know, perfect, you know, uh, in, in what it is and what it's not. And so, yeah, I don't look back with regret or anger or any sort of anything other than gratitude for all of it at this point, you know, now that I've landed here, I I am super grateful for all of it. It it did all serve its purpose, but the key is um, then what, you know, is it still serving you, you know, and when it's not serving you anymore, that's, you know, when it's time to continue to shift. And, and that's how I see it is it's a shift. It's an ongoing evolution. It's a, a peeling back of the onion. Occasionally, you rip a bandaid or two, you know, you take some big jumps, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be for me, at least it, it wasn't a, you know, complete 180. Yeah. And sometimes it's not linear either. Maybe you think right. you're over something and it's like Magnolia, one of my, my best friend's favorite movies. It's like, you oh, might yeah. be done with the past, but the past isn't done with you. Sometimes that can come up and bite you in the ass from time to time, but it's a great I, movie. That's a great movie. I know. Yeah. I, I got to revisit it again. But yeah. um, well, let's talk about Coppin development a little bit. You are responsible for over 10,000 homes and various commercial projects. And I love the idea of creating conscious communities. I was just wondering if you could kind of walk us through that a little bit, that process and even that mission statement. Yeah, I think, you know, it's sort of uh, a good segue from, you know, the idea of things not being linear or, you know, it being a gradual process. You know, what we have done is thrown out some aspirational language. You know, we believe we're building the largest conscious community in the world. And what's key about it, because you hear a lot of people talk about intentional living and purposeful or communal, people use different words for it. What's really great, what I'm really proud of is we are actually building something. We've built currently at Gravity, it's on its fourth phase. Um, the first two phases are now complete. In total, it makes up 12 acres. Um, it's you know over 1,000 homes, 300,000 square feet of commercial retail, all kinds of placemaking. We're hosting hundreds of events now, bringing in speakers from all over the world, artists from all over the world, tons of collaborations with people locally. You know, what we say is we are at Gravity trying to build community around creative expression, Mm -hmm. uh, impact, and well-being. 
Yes. Uh, and so that's, that. you know, our focus and it, and it's trying to meet people where they are. That's the thing is we're not trying to come out of the gate with some utopian, idealistic, perfect community. It's not perfect. It's going to continue to expand and grow. But right now we're trying to just meet people where they are. So if you're interested in a meditation or a sound bath or yoga, great. You want to start by getting in a cold plunge or our saunas, cool. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in, yeah, if you're interested in tech, we've got that. You're interested in philanthropy. Great. Come on over. You know, if you want music, if you, if you're interested in art, you know, we're trying, I believe there's a lot of ways for us to step into the body, to step into our higher selves, to learn, to grow, to evolve, to connect, to collaborate. And it's not a one size fits all. Um, mm -hmm. You might get that started by starting a business. You might get that by volunteering in anywhere in between. Yes. That's so amazing. And there's so many things I want to talk about, but I love the variety. I'm a big wellness guy. I love biohacking and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was interested in your whole, um, you, I sounds like you have contrast therapy and all that stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with pause or, or upgrade labs here in LA, but they, yeah. they do a lot of that stuff. I love the idea of incorporating that into a living space and having that accessible. But even more than that, for me, I was talking to my wife about this and my last episode was about isolation. And I feel like we're all so isolated nowadays, especially it feels like in this country, I think people obviously with the digital age, but after the pandemic, everything, I feel like we've gotten more isolated and artists tend to isolate a lot too. So I think that's really powerful to have that baked into the community. I know for me even, luckily I have this podcast, which allows me to talk to a bunch of people and I have my artist community and I'm trying to develop a community with the podcast. But even with that, I find that I'm isolated a bit too much. And I thought mm -hmm. that I was going to love that, but it also has, it's a double-edged sword, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I love that that's baked into that. Have you felt like so far people are really taking advantage of this and, you know, taking part in meeting people? I do. Yeah. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing it work. You're not wrong. You know, the isolation is a real concern. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm excited about is I just happened to live in Columbus and, what we historically have not had in Ohio, this part of the country, is some of the things like an upgrade labs that you have in yes. California, have in New York. And so I'm finding that there's a lot more people that are in isolation that do want to have a community mm -hmm. um, where they can be around other like-minded people and talk about whether it be health or wellness or art or mental health, you know, yeah. um, and share the struggles. And so, yeah, a big part of the community that we're trying to build is so that people can connect and share experience and support each other. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those things, it's almost like the gateway drug a little bit in, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might not, even in LA, I mean, we have access to these things, but there are communities in LA that have no idea what biohacking is or what health mm -hmm. and wellness is, but you give them a, a little taste of it and it just opens up a whole new world. So I feel like yeah. that's probably happening with your um, the conscious communities as well. Tell us a little bit about the the greenhouse project. Is that the final stage? Yeah. So Greenhouse, we have two under construction right now. It's a part of Gravity 
in mm-hmm. one location, it stands on its own in another location. And greenhouse is what we say also shares the well-being piece, but it's a little bit more hyper-focused on well-being, nature, and transformation. Mm-hmm. So um, like you said, um, and I know Dave Asprey and, oh, you do. and nice. yeah, been to Upgrade Labs. And usually what happens is, you know, you've got to go somewhere to do these things. And when yeah. you have to go somewhere and pay some something, um, you're ruling out a lot of people. So yeah, the we're barrier great. of entry is high. Yeah. Yeah. So our idea is like, let's bring all of that. And it's not all of it. We don't have all of the, the tools, but you know, at an entry level, if you want a cold plunge, you want a sauna, you want, you know, various treatments, you want, you know, meditation, yoga, we have all of that built into the greenhouse community. And then all of our environments are built in a way that feels like you're a part of nature, even if it's simulated, you know, the idea is that you have a respite from this urban life that you're living when you get home and in this community. So it's very nature inspired everywhere. And then lastly, um, but maybe most importantly, is a program called Grow that we've built out and we're partnering with various, you know, influencers and others to take people through kind of a tiny habit transformation program as a community. So everybody that moves in gets a whoop. Um, One month we're talking about sleep. One month we're talking about hydration. One month we're talking about gratitude, journaling, movement, relationships, hydration, whatever. So, you know, it's tiny, simple, digestible things that you can do. Everybody can do. You don't have to go to the jungle and take ayahuasca. You don't have to (laughs) even learn to meditate, you know, but if you can um, just start to drink more water or, you know, um, journal a little bit, right. Um, Get some more sleep. You know, what will you feel like a year later? Hopefully you'll be better off on a path and continue to explore other modalities and do maybe some things that are even, you know, more transformational. Yeah. And like anything else with this in the health world, it's cumulative. So you're giving these people these little bite-sized bits, but when you add all that up, that's really powerful. I wanted to ask, is this kind of baked into if you lease an apartment or whatever, is this baked into that? Or do you have to pay like almost like an HOA fee or some sort of fee for these? Yeah. So all of our communities are rental apartments. Um, They're mixed use, but if you live or work in our community, this is part of what you get. So it's not an additional fee or charge. Um, It's just baked into your rent and part of the community that you live in. That's so cool. Brett, honestly, if I didn't live in LA, sign me up. I would be there. I would be there. Well, well that, that's cool. We're going to hopefully build one in LA. So oh, really? um, maybe oh, cool. you'll still uh, have a chance to to do that. I love it. Yeah, sounds yeah. great. Well, it's a great idea. And I, I've seen the aerial shots of the community and the downtown area. I would encourage people to check that out. Let's maybe just take a pause for a second and tell people where they can see the development in all these communities. Sure. Yeah. If you go to um, livekaufman.com or gravityproject.com, you can, you know, find out more information or, you know, on any of our socials, you can find, uh, you know, information on the project. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we should, I want to switch in because this is an art podcast too. I want to switch into the the mural Mm -hmm. festival and all that. But first, I guess we didn't really talk about this, but we didn't really define what gravity 
uh, means to you. Obviously, that's a, an important concept. It's almost like a brand that you have going. So what does gravity mean to you? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's about, you know, the human experience and, you know, the the consciousness journey, you know, that I think we're all going through. And so gravity is something that does exist in physical spaces, but it's also the podcast. It's also um, taking various forms now as, you know, we're investing in other entrepreneurs and, you know, producing content. We're making a documentary. I'm writing a book. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's all aimed at not just physical space, but what we, you know, refer to as the inner space. It's the, you know, the journey of life that we're all on, that we're all trying to heal. And then like you said, give back to others. Yes. Well, that's awesome. But what's this book? I'm I'm interested. I'm a big, I'm an audio book guy. So I do audible. Are you going to be doing an audio version of it? Do you know? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, I will. Um, Read it yourself if you can. Uh, yes, uh, if they let me, I will. I um, <laughs> I understand. I have to audition to be able to read my own. Oh, book. really? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, you know, the book is is sort of you know a much more detailed version of you know a conversation like this. It's yeah. really about conscious creation and my path to that, and then you know, hopefully, uh, a bit of a roadmap for others that are interested in making that kind of a, a jump into creating something that feels very aligned to them. Very cool. Well, you've got your first uh, customer here, so <laughs> I'll buy it on the audio version. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's talk about the mural festival. I saw some of the stuff we were in, you know, communication before it. I, I wanted to get in before that, but it's maybe better to do it now since it's already happened. I saw some of the videos on Instagram and on the sites. It looked like it was really cool. You had like yeah. sipping spray and you had a bunch of artists there and it looked really yeah. cool. Why don't you walk us through how it was and some of your favorite artists and, and events you had going. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of fun. It was a great event. It's something that we planned to to make an annual and and really a, a citywide event, you know, as as the years go on. But, you know, we had muralists coming in from all over the world. And then I think it was like 70 local muralist um, artists that were involved in creating art in our community of gravity. And it was a lot of murals, a lot of outdoor art. We had Akuda from Spain in who yeah. uh, installed sculptures all over the community. And you had him on your podcast too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, let's see, Philippe Pantone, Adele, Pref, mm -hmm. OG Millie came in from New York and did an amazing mixed media piece. So we, oh, we cool. had a great group and yeah, they were in all week and doing, you know, panel discussions and, you know, we had a bunch of vendors set up for, you know, a flea and, and stages for music and, you know, it was just a big weekend long party celebrating art and, um, you know, kind of street art and all kinds of, you know, creative people that live and, and work, you know, in and around our community. Oh man. I love that. I, I would like to check it out sometime. I had man one on the podcast a while back. I'm not sure if you know who that is. He's a kind of famous street artist from LA. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar. Maybe we should connect him sometime if you do it again, because I yeah. think he would be perfect for that project. Yeah, but cool. That sounds amazing. And then you also do an artist uh, residency, correct? 
We do. Yeah. And in, in one of our new buildings, you know, it was important for us. The reason why we started to build in this particular community is because it's the place that the artist were sort of landing after the former creative arts district had sort of gentrified. So, you know, one of the things that we've always hoped to do is continue to honor um, what got us interested in that community in the first place and make sure that artists had a home still as, you know, um, rents increased and, you know, the market changed. We wanted to make sure that that creative energy stayed in the neighborhood. And so yes. we're, we literally give away four apartments to artists um, who live for free in our community. And then in return, you know, they're, you know, teaching their, uh, they have a studio space. They can just let people come and hang out and watch them work and, you know, talk about what they're doing. And yeah, it's a great program and, you know, one that uh, is a lot of fun for us to be able to to make happen. That's amazing. And as you know, it's one of those things where communities will be very vibrant, have a you know vibrant artist community, and then all of a sudden they get a little gentrified and the artists get pushed out. So having that baked in to incorporate artists, I think is a really good concept. And um, I think everybody else will appreciate it as well. It just keeps that creative core there. But I wanted to ask, how do artists get involved? Like if they wanted to get involved with the uh, the mural project or the residency? Is there like an application process? Yeah. So um, we currently have filled all the spots for the artists in residence, but that'll be a rotating program. So you can reach out on our website or, you know, hit me up on, you know, Instagram, any of the socials. We're happy to, you know, be taking names all the time for that. And same for Mural Fest. We'll boot that back up uh, again, you know, next summer and um, we'll probably start curating artists, you know, this winter. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to, you know, reach out through the website, we'll start taking names and, you know, be happy to continue to mix it up and bring in new faces. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure a lot of artists will be very interested in that. Well, I want to talk about the podcast a little bit, the Gravity Podcast. I guess my first question is, you're really busy. Why the podcast? Yeah, you know, I am busy, but I've kind of built a great team. And, you know, at this point, I get to do the parts that, you know, are really in my unique ability, you know, that I love to do that drive value to the business. And, yeah, you know, it's got to do both. You know, it's got to be something that mostly I'm really happy to be doing. And so the podcast is something I just enjoy doing. I love being in yeah. these kind of conversations with people. I love learning from people. Every episode I do, as you know, right? You learn something from somebody and you, you, it's a connection. It's a relationship that gets built and you never know where that goes, you know, but it's, it's good for some brand awareness. It's good for relationships, but mostly, you know, I think it's good for people to hear these stories. And that's what really excites me. You know, a lot of times on podcasts, you know, what people generally do, what I generally hear is you, you hear about what the person's doing. You hear about their book, you hear about, you know, their latest tool or technique, but you yeah. don't hear about how they got to it. You know, yeah. what happened along the way. Connecting and, the dots. Yeah. And I think it's really grounding and helpful for the average person to um, see themselves in someone else's journey to the success that they've had. And so that's, yes. you know, the focus of the podcast is really trying to show the full journey 
of all these various individuals that have all kinds of different paths to different kinds of success, but to really, you know, normalize that journey and and allow other people to be inspired by it. Yeah. That's great. I love that because I'm always trying to do that with the podcast too. I, I don't have any problem getting down and dirty, talking about the past, connecting the dots. How did you get here? Uh, and and that you're not on top of the world always, you know, right. like as an artist, you can be killing it as an artist and still be at the poverty level. It's yeah. true. It's a very difficult world to live in. So I, I love to do that. I love to um, create community. It sounds like you do as well. I know it's in the health and fitness category. Just for people who are interested in listening to your podcast, how would you categorize it? And like, what types of guests do you have on it? And I think you also do some, I do solo episodes. Do you do some of those as well, right? I do. Yeah, not enough, but I, I, I've i started to try to mix that in a little bit. It's a lot easier for me just to ask questions than it is to turn on the mic and rant, but, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, but that's fun too. You know, we have all kinds of guests on, you know, that we do bring on artists like we did when we had everybody in for mural fest, but we bring in people from the business community, from the nonprofit community. We just had James clear on who wrote atomic habits and, um, you know, we'll bring on, you know, those kinds of guests too, but you know, it's a whole host of people. It's some, you know, kind of friends of mine locally, but people from all over the country and, and world. And it's important for me to have, a diverse, you know, wide variety of guests to try to see what lands with other people. Some, you know, some people aren't interested in, uh, you know, the arts, some people aren't interested in the business world. So, you know, we're trying to, you know, meet people again, wherever they are. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird because you can have a little niche podcast, but sometimes if your interests expand a little bit, then you, you're kind of pigeonholed into this category. So I like to bring in people from all over too, because I think everybody is creative on some level, but I think we learn that way. I think if you're so in your lane all the time, when I'm just focusing on art all the time, or I'm on Instagram, or I'm in galleries, I don't really feel like I'm expanding or I'm learning that much. So I'm always trying to watch movies and documentaries and read and and, and listen to other people and have different types of friends. I think that's really important. So sounds like your podcast is uh, aligned with that. I also mm-hmm. like that it's um, it's kind of like fulfills your mission statement a bit. It's one of those things where it's hard. I was looking over all of your your work that you've done, and it's it's a pretty broad spectrum of things you've accomplished in your career. But it feels like almost the podcast synthesizes that a little bit. And because I was going to ask you, is it hard to kind of convey your brand with all these things that you do? Yeah, you know, I, I probably am not conveying the brand as well as I could if I was more hyper focused and you know just focused on the brand. I, I don't really care enough about mm-hmm. that. You know, everything that I'm doing is something that I am happy to be doing, that I love to do, that I'm looking at my calendar and excited to be doing. So yeah. um that might mean you know, that, you know, the brand isn't as tightly focused, but that's just sort of who I am and what I'm, you know, doing and having fun with. And, you know, it seems to work for the most part, but it's, it's a funny thing, you know, when I first got started, I'm in this group called Strategic Coach, which is sort of a business group full of uh, entrepreneurs. And, you know, you, you once a quarter spend some time just really thinking about your thinking and yeah. you know, sort of getting organized and planning. And when I first got in that group, I couldn't 
fathom how people had multiple businesses, how they had podcasts, right. how are you a CEO? And you, you know, and then you know, you you realize that there is a way, and it's actually not as hard as people think it is. Yeah. You know, that that if you if you hire good people that share vision and values, and you know, that might be hard at first when resources are limited, but you know. With each person you hire, if they can do the job better than you can, it frees up some more capacity. And um, over time, and it does take time, you know, I've been able to build a pretty good system where we're able to do a lot. And, you know, frankly, I'm working less. Um, yeah. It's just super organized and it's, you know, super supported by great people. And, you know, it just works. Yeah. It's sounds like, that is the journey with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people who are expanding is giving up a little control and surrendering yeah. a bit, right? I still have a problem with that. Like if I were to plan somebody to package my work and send it to another country, I still would be nitpicking and you know getting involved in the process. But I think that's a great lesson for everybody. And to backtrack a little bit, I think I was giving you a compliment about the brand situation because I think you not having... Uh, uh, just a 100% defined brand that you stick to is kind of your brand. I think that's the power of it. I think that's also one of those things with artists, we get pigeonholed as well to this is your signature style, stick with this. But I think that is very limiting. And I think um, that's why I've always tried. I used to do pop surrealism. Now I do abstract art. I think we follow where our, our passion lies. And I think that's inspirational for people. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, appreciate you saying that. And I think there's something tricky there that can be hard, you mm -hmm. know, especially, you know, for artists, but for, for me too, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, when you become known for something, right. And that something is working yeah. and, you know, it's paying you well, or there's people that are relying on it, right. It was all these things that happen. And, as an artist, and I agree with you, I think we we all are, you know, creative, born to be creative yeah. um, in some different way. It doesn't have to be in the arts, but I see myself, you know, as an artist, I actually paint as well, but- Ah, um, that was one of my questions. Cool. Yeah. Well, we can come back to that, but um, yeah. just in the act of being creative, using my business as the example of probably my biggest creation, you know, it's tough thing to explore something else. Right. Yeah, and, it is. and yet, you know, I think it's in our DNA to do that and you have to honor it or else yeah. you end up becoming, uh, you know, an artist that isn't uh, happy or really enjoying the act of being creative. And, and that really isn't very much in conflict with the reason you're doing it to begin with. Yeah. And it's not very inspirational. I think, I think people can feel that. I think it almost comes across as like, oh, it's lost its, its soul or its energy. Um, yeah. it's the equivalent of, you know, the athlete who's really good at what they do. And then the parent gets involved and gets so on them the whole time and tries to, to mold them. And then they just lose their passion for it. I think yeah. we gotta, we gotta be following that. And I think you've done that well, but yeah, I can understand that. It's like, well, isn't he the guy who does this <laughs> you know? Right now he's right. doing this. Let's, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about your painting. I'm, I'm interested in that. Are you, is that something you're doing as a hobby? Or are you showing your work anywhere? Um, it's just a hobby. I realized a while back that uh, a few things, but mainly that I had been putting all of my creative energy into my work and I needed a creative outlet that wasn't aimed at anything other than just, you know, the healing and, and pleasure of, of being creative. 
Yeah. And so I, I went back to painting, which is something I dabbled with a little bit when I was in high school, but I was too insecure at that time as an artist to um, really be freely creative. And the school curriculum, you know, doesn't really allow for that either. Right. You know, you, you have like a subject that you're a part of the the syllabus. You're supposed to be working on doing something that's got some parameters around it. And, yeah. And so I had never really worked without, you know, any expectations, any parameters, you know, just blank canvas and empty room and a bunch of paint. And that was actually really freeing, but also challenging because pretty quickly I got to see all my shit come back in. Like (laughs) almost immediately it was like, well, that's not good. That doesn't look good. And, you know, I got to get something that looks good because now I need to open a gallery and show art. And, you know, here I am going back into business. The entrepreneur took over. Yeah. Took over. So, you know, I've been through that. I'm basically now just painting for myself. I gave a painting to my wife for her 50th birthday, but that's the only painting I've ever uh, given away or hung on a wall. I don't really oh, have that's people amazing. in my studio. Um, I just recently landed on something that I kind of like, which is sort of funny because uh, what happened was I got sort of frustrated with the whole thing one day and I threw a bottle of paint on a canvas that I wasn't happy with how it looked and the bottle stuck to the canvas and the paint <laughs> splattered everywhere. And then I was like, I threw the brush at it and then I started taking some other stuff that was in the room and throwing it at the canvas. Yep. And then before I knew it, I was like, that actually looks kind of cool. This looks kind of cool. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Frustration is like, if you can work through the frustration, that's where the best shit comes out. That's where yeah. uh, drip painting was born, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I decided and, that if I ever um, stick with that and 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 have a show, I'm going to call it Fuck It. Fuck It. I love it. Yes. <laughs> a Brett Kaufman retrospective. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's cool. Well, it sounds like it's a great... Uh, outlet for you. It's something that you're doing for yourself at this moment. But hey, you never know. Maybe it'll evolve into something. Maybe I'll have you back on. We'll be talking about just your art and your shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I've learned about painting and for the professional artists out there, you know, I think it's same for music. You and I were talking about this earlier. Like there's a lot of really naturally talented people out there. um, Right. And there are people that were blessed with gifts. And I think we're all capable of stepping into that, but, but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. You know, you don't just like throw paint on a canvas and expect it to look good because, you know, chances are you're going to need to do that like over and over and over again every day for a lot of years. And so I have a lot of respect for people that, you know, produce really spectacular things. You know, I know it doesn't just, you know, happen easily or overnight. And uh, yeah, we'll see with time. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll get there too. Yeah. Well, and the, the consistency is the key, you know, the people who anybody could maybe, especially if you're working in abstract, anybody can have a happy accident once, but being able to replicate that and do that over and over and over and over again, I think that's really where the merits are. But I, I would keep going back to Pollock because, um, mm-hmm. he was a guy who didn't have a lot of natural mm-hmm. talent and he really just, you know, he became a draftsman and and just 
worked on that so hard and got to a point where he actually could do a representational thing. And then he, he learned the rules before he could break them. But I think, yeah, mm-hmm. you're, what you're talking about is a lot of people, I think nowadays in the Instagram world of, I can mm-hmm. be an artist, you know, I'll just throw some stuff at the canvas and I'm, I'm an artist now and I'm going to start selling yeah. my work. And that's fine. I think that's great too, but there is something to be said for dedication and, and learning, starting at the, at the beginning, <laughs> learning, yeah. learning the basics. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much time you have, but I do some rapid fire. And I do also want to ask you, first of all, if there's something that you want to talk about for the audience, anything that you think might be beneficial for artists or something that we have left out that you really want to talk about. No, I, you know, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. I, uh, Love to continue to have our podcast audience growing. If people have guests that they want to recommend, you know, yeah. great. And no, just love to be supportive to other entrepreneurs and and artists and creatives and, you know, try to be helpful any way I can. But no, I think this has been a great conversation and I'm happy to take some rapid fire if you want to yes. fire away. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, and and everybody listening, check out the Gravity Podcast. You know how it is when you have your own podcast and you're busy, you don't get a chance to dive into it 100%. But I listened to a few episodes and I really like what you do. So I'm sure my audience will enjoy it as well. Yeah, likewise. Let's talk about biggest failures. Is there there a failure that you can think of that stands out in your mind and something that was a big learning experience for you? Mm. Yeah. Well, I... God, yeah, there's been a lot. But when I think about failure, what comes to mind is, you know, there were people that worked for me when I was first getting started. There were contractors and friends and others. I was sort of, you know, under the gun and anxious and, you know, worried about things working and probably too tough on people. You know, I was sort of a lead with an iron fist, you know, early on in my career. And, Mm -hmm. and even, you know, people that I've gone back and talked to about that, they don't necessarily see it the same way I did, but, you know, (laughs) I think in a lot of cases, you know, I, I failed really to be the person that I wanted to be in, in kind of the stress of it all. So that's sort of a little bit more of a high level failure. I mean, we've had some projects that haven't worked well as others, you know, you, you have some ideas and concepts. We were doing stuff with uh, NFTs and crypto and trying to (laughs) change the world that way. I had a pretty good startup that, you know, didn't make it through that period of time. So, you know, um, I've had plenty of failures on the investment side of things. So, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, I think the key is the learning, Mm -hmm. um, the idea that you're not failing, you're learning. You know, I believe that I really do. That's been my experience in life. Yeah, I agree. That's so important. And being an entrepreneur, being an investor, being all the things that you are as well, a developer, again, it's like being an artist. If I always tell people, if you're not quote unquote failing, you're really not moving forward. You know, mm-hmm. I've got so many rejections that I've had over the, over the years, over 20 plus years of doing this, it, you know, they brought me to where I am. And now I even get to a point where I enjoy the failures a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I'm making progress here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. And then I wanted to just comment on the beginning, you were saying, you might have felt like you were a little hard on people. How much of that do you think was you healing? Mm, definitely. I mean, I think it was me, you know, not knowing how to be with the pain that was inside of me, the fears, the insecurities. You know, yeah. it was it was just something that I wasn't 
skilled at at handling at that point and so it came out sort of messy um you know which is is okay too you know yeah um you gotta give yourself room to be i have it you know written my worldview that i'm a a life in in progress um (laughs) right which is uh which is a a ted lasso reference of all things but you know um I love the uh, prog mess part of that, you know, Um, it's going to be messy. And so, you know, that's kind of how I look at that, but very much a part of my healing. I mean, it's not who I am today. It's not how I, I lead today and you can still be kind. Uh, You don't have to be nice all the time, but you can be kind. Well, and, and obviously you have the awareness. I think there's a lot of people who go through their lives and never come to that awareness. So yeah, that's growth right there. Well, let's move on to the next one. Sometimes I skip this one, but I think with you, it could be interesting. I feel like we might have some similar areas of interest. Daily routines. Is there anything that you do in your daily routine that kind of gets you going, gets you in the right mindset? Yes. And a lot. And, and it's sort of like all of it combined. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have a, a, a pretty bolt down morning and evening routine. And then, you know, some things I do throughout the day mm-hmm. um, that are also now very systematized. But yeah, my morning routine is meditation, breath work, prayer, and some readings, um, you is know, journaling. Yep. Wake yeah. up, meditate, breath work, prayer. There's uh, a woman that I follow, the holistic psychologist who puts Mm -hmm. out amazing content. So I tend to read her thing. I read from the Daily Stoic, um, another recovery journal that I love. And and then I journal, I review my worldview. Um, I get into looking at, you know, my day, I listen to a podcast, I usually Mm -hmm. go work out. That's sort of my morning routine, nothing before all that happens before 10 o'clock. I never have a meeting before 10am. Yeah, then go about my day. I've got my days very much systematized. So I, I do certain kinds of activities, you know, Tuesday and Thursday are really big work days from 10 to three. I pretty much go straight. Mm-hmm. Wednesday's a podcast day. Um, had someone on my podcast this morning doing this in the Oh, afternoon. really? Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, and then Mondays and Fridays, I try to keep pretty open. So yeah. And then, you know, evenings, gratitude, sauna, cold plunge, you know, nice. all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, I are do- Are we talking like infrared a, sauna or, or sauna? Yeah, sauna? I have an infrared at home. So I okay. use that, you know, pretty much daily. Yeah. Um, that's sort of my, I do a little habit review at the end of each day and a little planning for the next day. And you know, that, that's, that's kind of my routine. That's amazing. I love it. And for all you listening out there who are like, ah, oh, I'm too busy to do any of these things. Well, Brett's busier than you and he's doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that James talks about in Atomic Habits, which, you know, I think is really important for people that feel like they're too busy is like, do the tiniest little part of that. You yeah. know, like, like he says, go to the gym and then like walk in and then turn around and leave. Right. You're probably not going to leave, but you yeah. know, like go do a 10 minute workout. I mean, there's days where, where that's all I get is like 10 minutes in the gym, yeah. but, but I do it every day. Definitely. Um, you know, sometimes I don't feel like doing core work, but I'll do five minutes, you know? So, uh, just start somewhere, somewhere small, somewhere mm-hmm. quick and easy and let it work for you. 
you know, for me, the more that I do, the better I feel. And then I crave it and it doesn't become something I, I feel like I have to make time for. It's something that like, if I don't do it, I'm unhappy. <laughs> I completely understand. And again, it's one of the things we were talking about earlier. It's a cumulative thing. And if you do start developing these habits, you will get to that point where it's almost like a healthy addiction where you're like, I can't see myself. If I stop doing some of the things that I do, the wheels start to fall off. So I, I'm just, yeah. I have to do them. Uh, well, thanks for sharing those. Those are amazing. I have some similarities in there, but I won't bore people because they probably already know that if they listen. I'm going to do two more if you got time. I do. I've got about uh, five minutes, so we'll okay. do them quick. Yeah, we'll do it fast. Okay. I always ask artists superpower, and that's something that you do very well, or even something that latches you into your creative process. Mm. Uh, what is it that latches me into my creative process? Yeah, or something, yeah. or it can be something that you do extremely well. Uh, I think that what latches me into my creative process is is music. Um, most of the time, mm-hmm. um, caffeine helps too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, are you a so, Dave Asprey caffeine guy or no? Uh, well, I'm too lazy to make the bulletproof, but um, okay. I, you know, whenever I'm in Santa Monica, I stop by and get one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually switched to the like Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee. Oh, so, I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of my coffee of choice. And yeah, in the morning, you know, when I'm thinking about creative or even, you know, when I'm painting, you know, music really helps even getting in the cold plunge, love to listen to music, working out, love to listen to music. So I'd say music probably of all the things is really the thing that helps me kind of get into the creative process and the superpower, you know, I think my superpower is, is maybe not something that all of us don't have the ability to do. Mm-hmm. But for me, what's most helpful and informative is just like listening and like paying attention to what I'm seeing, you know, what I'm hearing yeah. and realizing that if I'm noticing it, then I'm not alone, you yes. know? Yes. And so that's sort of, you know, the thing that I keep searching for. Well, I think that's amazing because I mean, that you're almost talking about presence in a way, but Uh, or active listening, but that's one of those things. I still think that's one of the biggest gifts you can give another human being is actually being present and listening to them because so many times it's the opposite of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And then the last one really quickly before you get out of here is advice to young Brett, any age. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that I would tell, you know, my younger self is that, you know, it's all happening and it's all perfect. And just to be patient, be present to learn and trust, you know, and, and, and really, you know, it's sort of cliche, but really surrender to what's feeling right, you know, um, and, and don't let kind of all of the noise, whether that come from, you know, your family or your friends or society or your own insecurities, don't let that take you away from what feels like it's a part of your path. Really mm-hmm. trust that and surrender to that. That That's, you know, what I would say. But, you know, the, the thing about the younger self is, uh, you know, as much as I would love to go back and I try to tell other, you know, young people, here's what you should do, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it all worked out exactly how it was meant to be. And I don't Definitely. know that it could have happened any other way. You would have maybe ruined your process if you went back and talked to yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's amazing advice. It's the whole Back to the Future <laughs> right. problem. Right. Now, uh, mostly, mostly what I what I do tell my younger self still today, because my younger self will hop in the driver's seat and tell me all the things that are going to go wrong or bad. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. now I tell my younger self, it's okay. I got it. You know, my adult self has got this. Don't I worry. got you. I we're, hear you. I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take charge from here. Well, that's awesome advice. And uh, everybody check out Brett's work. We'll put everything links in the show notes. I love all the work you're doing for artists, for the community, with all your developments. I think it's amazing. Keep painting. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Brett. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to be with you. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.